Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Wake Up With Jenny and Friends. So glad to see you again. I hope your weekend was well. Right off the top, I just want to thank our sponsor. Very big thank you to Death Run Supply Company. Check them out at www.deathrunsupplyco.com. You can find t-shirts like this here and more. Awesome company, great, great gear, and you're going to want to buy a bunch of stuff. So check them out and let me know how you like it. Thank you to my guest today, Eric Rhodes, for joining me. I'm so excited. How are you? I'm excited too. Uh, I'm great. Thank you. That's good. Good. I'm very, very excited to have you co-host with me today. Um, and, and thank you so much for doing this. I know your time is valuable and you are super busy and you are just climbing the charts there over on TikTok. <laughs> and you are a DJ. Yes. And, and I would venture to guess and say uh, musical genius. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just love what I do and, I, uh, and I'm kind of good at it and I work at it really hard. You can tell, you can tell. And I, what I love about your style, and I've watched a lot of your lives on TikTok, and that's how I came to know you, is uh, you have an incredible talent for really blending and mixing the music in such unique styles and songs that I would never think to blend together. And it's almost like it's like a challenge for you. <laughs> it is a little bit. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I'm known for that. I'm known for the mixing country with hip hop or Latin and country or whatever it is. Um, old the 80s with new music. Uh, I'm actually working on something right now. Top Gun's a big thing right now. And so I have a couple of Top Gun songs I'm trying to uh, play with today uh, that don't seem like they would go together. But now have you seen the new Top Gun? I just watched it last night. So yes. How was it? It, it was excellent. Yeah. Yeah. It lived up to the hype for sure. Really? Okay. I have to go see it. I Did you see the original? The first yes. one? Yes. So I'm a kid of the 80s. So I, I saw it as a kid and then we watched it with the, our kids last week and we were excited to see it. Amazing, that's awesome. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about, and tell our audience a little bit about how you got into music and what sort of interests you about music, what led to your getting involved in DJing and your your story. Cause it's so, I, I find what you do so fascinating because it's just so, it's something I could never do. Um, yeah. And it's just so it blows my mind every time I see your videos or your posts. I like, I think I'm, I know what I'm in for and I know what I'm going to expect. And then you totally throw a loop on it. I'm like, what? That is sick. <laughs> so Thank you. Yeah. So I, you know, as a kid, I'm 42 and I grew up, like I said, I grew up in the eighties. My parents had vinyl records, cassette tapes, and I was obsessed with them since as early as I can remember. I just loved music and you know, get in trouble every once in a while for getting into the records and, you know, don't scratch them. And yeah. uh, but I just, I loved playing with them and listening to them. And, you know, when I was a kid, I would take cassette tapes. I don't know how, how young your audience is, but. <laughs> yeah, um, we've got some cassettes. Yeah. We're in the cassette field. Yeah. We're in the cassette field. Okay. So <laughs> I would take, you know, the blank cassette, like I, what was it like Maxwell or something, the blank ones. And I would yeah. try to remix original songs by messing with the, the pause and record button and uh, so I was really just into it but I really didn't start DJing I mean I made mixtapes and stuff in college or uh, in high school and 
you know, would put the playlist together for the men's basketball team as they warmed up. But I didn't really get into it until college when I went to a rave and saw two DJs mixing next to each other. They both had turntables and were going back and forth. And it was so amazing. I was just mind blown by these guys. And I loved how they controlled the crowd and the energy. And I immediately knew I had to do that. So I went and bought all the equipment, music, and just started practicing. That was in, I think, I don't know if I said that already, but it was 2000. And that just led to my obsessive hobby. And I had a radio show in college where I mixed, did that for five years. And um, that was at the University of Idaho. And then I moved to, in Northern Idaho. And then I moved to Boise in 2005. And that's when I started playing clubs and venues around town and started to make a name for myself. And naturally people started asking me to do private events for them. And so that led me to buying like the speakers and doing all of these things so I could go play parties. And um, then that led to me leave. I had a career in TV news uh, as a videographer, a producer. And oh, wow. yeah, I had this whole th- other life and I wasn't that happy with it Mm. but I was DJing on the side and so I in 2011 was about to have a kid and I'm like you know what I can't do this rest of my life I'm going all in on DJing and so I've been a professional since 2011 and I've just I've always loved mixing I I like I couldn't ever DJ not doing those kinds of blends and mixes Mm. so I've just been obsessed with it um yeah and then in getting into TikTok, I've always been into marketing, how to promote myself. Mm-hmm. And I would make these mixes on Mixcloud. It's a free app where you can, you can stream DJs, you know, 45 to hour long mixes. And I would do, spend all this time putting these mixes together for hopefully clients to hear and other people to hear. Uh, Cause I do a lot of weddings and I'd get like 20 listens. <laughs> okay. yeah. So it was really frustrating. And, yeah. uh, but then I was trying to figure out how to become really good at Instagram stories. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I could show these little transitions from one song to the next Mm -hmm. in my stories. So I started, you know, setting up my camera like you see in my TikTok videos and started being creative with that, showing people like this is something I really am good at and can and do at a wedding or any event. And it'll enhance your dance floor it will enhance the party and you know I just wanted to show that to people because it's really hard to do right um and then that eventually led to somebody telling me like bro you need to put this on reels and instant tiktok that was a year ago and now I have almost a million followers and uh, isn't that crazy it's wild that's bananas, eh? It's just so, it's so crazy. I have a couple of friends who have reached that, you know, that million, two million, three million plus mark on TikTok. And it's, it's just mind blowing what picks up and what people love and gravitate to. And, and I think a lot of the times is, and I, I can definitely see this for you is that you're just so passionate about it, about what you do. And I love, I love your confidence about it. I love that you say, I'm really good at this and I want to <laughs> show you what I can do. I love that because it's yeah. like, cause you're, cause you know what your thing is, you know what I mean? And yeah. that for you to, to step away from a, a seemingly like, you know, great career that you had, you know, in television and I'm, you know, I'm sure you lo- you had a passion for that 
at some point and wanted to do it, but for you to step away from that, the security of that and, and just go branch out on your own and do your own thing. Like that takes a lot of guts. And that's like, <laughs> I'm so proud of you for doing that. That's Thank amazing. You. Yeah. That's amazing. And I'm sure your, your wife is just was like thrilled, but you're loving what you're doing. Yes. It, it was such a scary move, especially mm -hmm. having a kid on the yep. way. Mm -hmm. Granted, I, my plan was to transition smoothly, but I think it, I got lucky at the time. I didn't feel too lucky, but uh, the entire <laughs> new staff got laid off because they wanted to switch stations. Oh, okay. We were a Fox affiliate. And, uh, so the, like a year into my business of this transition, which was supposed to be a few years, I just got cut. And so I had a decision to make, do I just go all in on this right now or try to find another job in news? And right. I didn't. And, uh, and I think that was such a blessing to me to be able to do that. Yeah. They, they I knew I, I knew I could make it. I never like doubted myself. I'm just, I just decided like, this is it. I'm doing it. I'd love it. And <laughs> nothing's going to yeah. stop me. <laughs> I, I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. And you talked about transitions and I guess like you said you had a friend that, that suggested, you know, you got to put this out there. And so I guess yeah. like every, am I correct in saying like every DJ has a style, like your own, like, would it be fair to say your own specialty? Uh, yeah, to a degree. I think so. I think because when you're mixing, it's, you know, your personal preference, but also reading a crowd. And then the way you transition and do things is, you know, there are sets of rules, but there are also ways to kind of break them. And um, so, yeah, I think with, you know, within the structure of mixing, we all have our own little personality and the way we like to do things. And you can definitely, like I, most people probably wouldn't be able to tell, but I can listen to some DJs mixes and I kind of know who they are and I go, Oh, that's definitely their style. Oh, so for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 And you talk about reading the crowd. There was um, a movie years ago with Zac Efron in it and he played a DJ. Do you remember that movie? I do, but I didn't actually watch it. Oh, okay. Well, cause <laughs> so there's a part at the end where he talks about reading the crowd and, and putting certain beats to um, mimic or to influence um the individual's heart rate and heartbeat and and certain songs get them pumped and certain songs come is there any truth to that or like is that oh, a thing or is that just I, pure hollywood <laughs> no i mean i haven't seen that scene but i would say that's definitely true um i had a because i totally believed it <laughs> i'm sure it is yeah i mean it makes sense like certain you know we 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 categorize music by energy levels so mm. there may be songs that are let's say 100 beats per minute yeah like a or 120 like a Dua Lipa song typically is like 120 beats um but it's not going to necessarily go together with every other song that's 120 beats per minute because some are higher energy some are real chill and that affects the energy of the crowd so 100 percent, right. absolutely um so you can have yeah. a song, you can have two songs that are 120 beats per minute, but different vibes and different energy levels. Oh, big time. Yeah. Oh, so you wow. have to be careful. I've noticed, I, you know, I'm not perfect and I'll think a song is going to work and I just can feel the mood immediately. You just feel it. Like it just drops for a second. You're like, mm -hmm. Oh man, I need to get out of this fast or the crowd's going to be a little bored. Um, yeah. So you have to quickly switch and get that energy back up, even though they're the same tempo. 
Mm-hmm. They just don't have the same energy. Yeah. Yeah. But we mentioned the eighties and a lot of us. Um, so a lot of viewers that watched and listened to the show were, were big eighties kids. And yeah. uh, we do a lot of eighties memorabilia references too. And so how much do you think that played a part that era played a part for you growing up and your interest in music if at all do you think it was if you huge. had been in a different if you had been born in the 90s say do you think you would have had such a a passion for what you're doing now that's that's so hard to say but yeah. i would definitely attribute 80s music and my mom's love for 80s music she she you know she was in her 20s in the 80s and so she was obsessed with like in excess madonna Yes, um yes, tears yes. for fears yes like but even rock too like Def Leppard and you know it's so all of that music yes. I grew up listening to and yeah and I still mix it to this day with as if it's newer because it's so fun <laughs> you know and uh I think I had I think I had, that and my mom had hu- a huge influence on on me yeah, absolutely. I would say the same. I, I grew up with a pretty good eclectic mix of, of music and I, I have a nice um, plethora of, of different genres of music at home as well, too. Like I have anything from like Metallica to Lionel Richie to Phil yeah. Collins to Sting to, you know, Madonna and all that stuff. So it's it's crazy. Run DMC. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah. such a it was such a unique time, I think. And I, I don't know if you feel this way too, but there's some good stuff out there, out there today. And there's some pretty decent songs, but our music just isn't what it was like lyrically, I think too. Like, I I think, you know, in the eighties, nineties, you could really listen to a song and listen to the words and there was a meaning and a story behind that. And, and now it's more so like a beat or what's cool or a repetitive tune or, or, or a bit of a rap. Is that, am I fair to no, say that? Or I think that's pretty spot on. I feel like a lot of mainstream music now is absolutely geared towards a hook, mm. something you can sing to. It's, you know, a lot of the same... I th- you know, I can't prove this, but I, I, I would imagine that there's a filter that all this music has to go through for the most part, which is record companies, and they want right. a certain type of content. So there's just a lot of, and I feel like maybe in the 80s, it was a little freer, a little more experimental, and there was a little more passion and creativity in it. Um, so I would agree with that. For sure. Yeah, it's almost like just it's uh, just a business now. And like, it's always been a business, but it's more like just just what sells now. Yeah, it's like quick, sell this and we'll move on to the next thing. And yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I like the, the fact that you, you made a good point about the, the freedom uh, of music, because I think um, even, you know, in the, the 60s and 70s, there was a little bit more freedom in music being accepted and written and, uh, yeah. and heard. And, um, you know, I, I think all all genres of music were given pretty much a fair play on radio stations and and airways and i think it's so um targeted now right it's limited it's i can hear the same song like five times if in the day if i turn on the radio 
Whereas yeah. before, I think decades ago, um, not to date myself too much, but <laughs> <laughs> I think we've but, already done that. <laughs> yeah, but we, but we've got, but you had like a like a a mix of of everything throughout the day. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It definitely feels a little like I don't know if you'd call it one dimensional, but mm. yeah, I think you just. That's why I think a lot of people don't listen to the radio so much anymore and now are into custom Spotify playlists and yeah. um, kind of going that route a little more. You, if yeah. you go to like Billboard Hot 100 on Spotify and then go to say like a Spotify viral hits or, you know, it's they're kind of different because it's like what it's you're hearing a lot more independent artists mm-hmm. making it. Um, so yeah, I would agree with that for sure. That it was a little, a little more eclectic back then. Yeah, for sure. Do you yeah. have a favorite album? Oh man, I'm not good with these questions because I have I love so much. <laughs> There's music. so many. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, this is going to be a completely off the wall. I don't know if I have the same favorite album, but one of my favorite groups, which doesn't fit the '80s or anything I really play, but In Sync. Uh, no. no. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah that's so funny uh i'll go i won't go there but um the roots i love the roots the, the roots, roots right now yes are the band that is on jimmy, Ke- jimmy or not, Kimmel. Uh, yeah. fallon or jimmy fallon sorry yes yes yes, yes. but i listened to i loved hip-hop and all kinds of music still do but back when i was like in the mm-hmm. late 90s and early 2000s and they were just always on repeat for me from the early records to now um love that band but yeah yeah so what's the craziest, because your mixes are pff, fire, uh, uh, <laughs> what's the craziest, uh, uh, most juxtaposed um, transition you have done? So what's the, the most strongly contrast, contrasted transition you've ever done? Like two songs that are total polar opposites. <laughs> well, I just, I go with my, you know, they're probably other ones, but the ones that I think about are the main ones that have blown up on TikTok, which are country and hip hop blends, mm. as well as country and um, Latin. So I think why it worked, the one that really blew up was Chris Stapleton, You Should Probably Leave, and Cash Out, Big Booty. <laughs> okay. Oh my so gosh. Like, yeah like I don't know if he's southern rap but kind of that southern rap vibe with this country soul Mm. people just did not expect it and I set up that video in a way that was like trust me these two songs don't seem like they go together but they do and and there were a lot of reaction videos to that and it was like they're all they always caption I was skeptical I don't know about this (laughs) and then then you know then it's a bunch of fire emojis they're like oh my gosh uh so yeah you know thinking of just off off the top of my head that would probably be that one do you think you could transition here's a challenge for you jelly roll what's and- jelly what? <laughs> <laughs> i know now i'm a little embarrassed no know. no no okay so check out jelly roll he's on instagram it's country country star um 
Okay. Big guy, but he's he's got uh, he's got some some number one hits, um, but some good songs. I love I love his music. Okay. So here's a challenge: Jelly Roll transition into Cat Stevens. Whoa, love some Cat Stevens. I yeah. that's interesting. I bet it would work. But uh, I don't know Jelly Roll. If, if, <laughs> I would if probably it, do if it works, that. you could do it. There's nobody else. I don't think anybody else could do it but you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'll have to I'll have to play around with that. Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. let me know how that works. Or maybe a a Lionel Richie and a ACDC. Okay, so we're sticking with the 80s theme, but like rock and R&B. Yeah. Is, okay, I see where your head's at. I love to see that. that. <laughs> yeah, I think it could work. Um, yeah, the challenge is, once again, going back to kind of that energy level. Right. You know, so finding a good ACDC song that maybe is a little more mellow, because Lionel Richie is kind of like, he's, he's a little more chill if I'm. Well, he does have that Mama Say Mama Sa, whatever, but that's not really Mama Say Mama Sa, it's something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That party one that Rihanna redid, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, couple of that's true. Ones. Couple of uppy ones in there. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. Yeah, I'm at. Oh, you know what? I just thought of my. That reminded me of one that I did that got a lot of attention was Nirvana. Mm -hmm. I was like Teen Spirit, and Tone Loke, Funky Cold Medina. I saw that one. I saw that one. <laughs> that, that was, was pretty. So good. You know, both nineties, but pretty extreme. That was super you know, dope. Rap yeah. and grunge. Yeah. That was fun. So it's possible for sure. Yeah. Or like, a, have you ever done a transition with like a, a Michael Jackson man in the mirror with something like completely? Because that I would be a good one too. Yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah man too. in the mirror is really good. Yeah. So yeah. what are the so what are the elements that you like in your so when you sit down to to mix or to transition or like what is the process that goes on in your in your brain? Like, how do you work it all out? Because obviously you're you're you are very specifically talented to this area so how does it how do you work it all out in your mind about how you're going to go about it um so it doesn't happen the same way every time okay sometimes i get lucky i'll just admit that but it's because i'm practicing and experimenting doing all these things but so i will uh, just practice and I'll just start grabbing songs and mixing and sometimes something will just click I'm like ooh that works let's see what I can do with that and then I dive deeper into that the, that pairing sometimes like the Chris Stapleton one I will just hear it so that one for example I was on a run yeah heard that song and I knew I loved it because I played it at weddings a couple times or events where it was just like background music I just love the vibe of that song, mm -hmm. but I heard it while running and I get goosebumps when I hear songs that I like. And so I got goosebumps when I, when I heard it, I was like, oh, I love this song. I want to mix it with hip hop, but I didn't know what hip hop song I was going to do yet. So that took experimentation, but I knew that was a song that could be hip hop. Um, sometimes I hear vocals and I want to ma mash the vocals up. So I was mm. cooking the other day, actually it was a few months ago. And I heard, um, oh my gosh, what is her name? Uh, 
what I am is it's an 80s song. Oh, uh, Edie Brickell. Yes, Edie Brickell. I, and I saw you you posted a, a I think I commented on it on uh, on your Instagram. Yeah, I remember that song specifically because I didn't think anybody knew that song. And I was like, whoa, this was used to be one of my favorite songs. Yeah. They used yeah, to play it love, all the time I, on Much Music. Do you remember Much Music? I don't. <laughs> Music. Well, oh, it's probably it's a Canadian thing. You probably had you guys had MTV, right? Yes. Hmm. Okay, so Much Music was yeah. like MTV. Yeah, that was our MTV, but they used to play it all the time. It was so good. Yeah, great song. And like I said, I was cooking. I'm always listening to music. So yeah. I, I hear that song and there's this breakdown where it's just instrumental. And it's what I am is what I am and what you are. Oh, I heard that a couple of times. And then I immediately just started singing, rapping Eminem's The Way I Am. Yeah. And, and I just, so it, I just started singing in my head and I go, there, there, there's a mashup. And uh, luckily for me, they're actually the same key. They're the same tempo, same energy level. He's a little more aggressive than she is in his yeah. song. So I had to be like mindful of how I bring that song in because mm. I didn't want it to be really like, ah, you know, Eminem's mm. always mad. <laughs> yeah. want to be abrupt, but yeah, so those are some of the ways that I think of these. Um, so it's experimentation, it's mm -hmm. inspiration, and sometimes I just it just clicks and I hear it. I love that. She, Edie Brickell is actually married to Paul Simon, I believe. What? Like, have you ever done a mashup? You should do a match, mashup with them, the two of them. Interesting. Yeah. I love that. Um, there's a guy. Pretty sure they're still I'll, married. I'll have to look that up because mm -hmm. I like that approach, like two artists that Mm -hmm. are married and combining their songs mm -hmm. i have a friend who did that he's he's on uh excuse me tiktok as well and doing pretty well and he did um gwen stefani and who uh who's he who she married to country artist oh blake shelton blake shelton he combined yeah. two of their songs nice which i thought was pretty clever i like that you want to give him a shout out who's he on that yeah mr wired up Mr. Wired Up, nice. That's what he goes by. Yeah, he's really fun. He's like really eccentric. He's always like bobbing his head, <laughs> smiling on his face. And he's really creative as well. He was one of the people that inspired me to, to actually hop on TikTok. So. Oh, that's amazing. So when you so when you hear like the mashup in your head, like you were just saying, you heard the Edie Brickell and then you started doing the Eminem thing. Do you get like excited? Does it do you get like jazzed up about it? Like you're like, oh, shit, oh I got to write gosh. this down. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I was I was actually kind of upset at the moment when I heard it that I had to be cooking. I'm like, ah, I want to just like stop what I'm doing and go <laughs> do it right now. Uh, so I get very, yeah, very excited when I hear those uh, in my head. Absolutely. I love that. Have you ever done any writing or anything? Like, do you play any musical instruments or? I don't write music. I tried to play guitar. I think it was a year before I started DJing. I bought an, an acoustic and was committed to learning, but I just never practiced. It just, my heart wasn't in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but I do see myself producing some music in the future for sure. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Do you I have an I... idea of who you want to work with? Ooh, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even thought that far, honestly, I wish I had a good answer for you, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it'd be cool to collab with, with artists like 
like Diplo or mm. Calvin Harris or some, because I'm my heart really is in electronic music and hip hop. And I could see working with artists like that, maybe nice. remixing their songs or something like that. Or even like, I don't know, like Post Malone interest you at all, that kind of vibe? Post Malone's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm like not, not, not a fan, but I'm not a huge fan. Not a huge if fan. If that makes sense. How do you feel about Drake? Drake's cool. Uh, it's funny. I'm not like huge fans of certain artists, but I like, I like all music. So it's really hard for me to really bag on somebody unless they're just like faking or not good. But I think Drake is, is fine. Um, I find all his stuff sounds the same. I I don't know. I'll probably. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't like take it home. Like I don't listen to it in my car. I'm like, oh, here's. Yeah. Right. Uh, but if I'm DJing, there are certain songs that get crowds going and, and I feel the energy and I'm like, yeah, like I mixed, I did a mashup the other day of teach me how to Dougie mm. and Drake. Um, so I know so much music that I, for, I have a hard time remembering songs and artists. It sounds wild, but no, uh, no, no. It's yeah. I can imagine. You probably have but, a list of like a, a billion tunes yeah. in your head. Yeah. The library is <laughs> large. File but, folders in there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. But uh, so I mixed one of his, Drake's songs and it's like, I loved it. it. Like, I love that song. So I like Drake, but I think you're right. It's It all kind of sounds the same after a while. Mm-hmm. I, and I know he's a Canadian favorite and, you know, God bless oh, him. I, we, he lives not far from me, but uh, it, it uh, I, you know, it sounds the same. Switch it up, Drake. Switch it up. <laughs> Throw in a guitar somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's just kind of hip hop right now. I feel like yeah, it's all very monotonous. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, what do? You, how do you think the music has changed? And maybe we touched on this a little bit with the radio piece, but in terms of business, and and I want to ask you because you mentioned marketing too. But how do you think the industry of music has changed over the years? music industry has changed over the years um that's an interesting question uh i don't know i'm not like deep into the music industry per se like i don't know i guess could you be a little more specific like what do you mean like sort of the feel of music the direction of music where things are going the the vibe that's that's sort of the curvature of things if you will yeah i feel like music follows the mood sentiment of maybe the culture of our Mm. countries and I don't know I feel like that's a really good question you kind of you got me on that one but I feel like like 80s were very free and experimental and Mm. you saw that in the music you saw that in the outfits and um, I think music got in my opinion it got a little bit boring recently Mm -hmm. But I think coming out of this, these sort of uh, quote unquote dark times, uh, I think we're going to see a lot more creativity coming back and a lot more experimental sounds. And, and, uh, and I think things like TikTok and um, I don't know, I just think it'll be, I think we're coming into a, a really creative time, an experimental time, I hope. Yeah, it's funny because, you, I mean, <clears throat> One of the one of the biggest things I notice is that there's no music videos anymore either. 
music videos. They make them, but they're all just on YouTube. Like you don't really see them. Yeah. You rarely see them. But they used to be like, you used to wait for the new song to come out and you were sure that the new song was going to have a video. So you'd wait for the video to come out and then you go buy the CD or the tape and then the poster and that, you know, yeah, it's just so (laughs) different now. And it's just like, like you said, a lot of people are gravitating towards Spotify and, you know, there was a whole thing with downloading music for a while there. And a lot of artists, I feel like a lot of artists just reached the point where we're, they were like, well, I want people to hear my music. So if you have to download it, download it. And yeah. and I think eventually, like there was a bit of time there where it was kind of like, and rightfully so, a financial piece and a monetary um, gain for, for probably some companies as opposed to artists. But I think it kind of eventually has sort of, I would say, worked out in the artist's favor now more so um where now they're they're banking on downloads right oh yeah um i think if it's done right you're going to make your money through merch and concert sales and Mm. yeah for sure and now it feels like now it's about the viral hit yeah how what can you do to get the viral hit and everybody can just stream it. And then if you have all, uh, tons of streams on Spotify and Apple Music, then you're going to get, or a bunch of um, you know millions of followers on TikTok, then you're gonna get picked up and start doing shows. It's, I don't know, it's, just, it's interesting how, it, how it's changing. It's kind of cool though, because independent artists can now make a name for themselves without having to go through a, mm-hmm. uh, a record company or anything like that. Which is, is um kind of a pro as opposed to a con for some I think you know in the, oh, yeah. recent, in the recent years there's been a lot of uh, uproar with with artists not being able to control or own their own music which to me that blows my mind I don't know how you write something and then you don't own it like that's just <laughs> <laughs> I've always yeah it's always blown my mind too it doesn't make any sense yeah, I think the biggest one for me, um, probably the Dixie Chicks went through a lot with that piece. But I think the biggest one that's been most forefront in the media was probably Taylor Swift. And she had such a, the right attitude about it. She just re-recorded all her songs and switched up a little bit of something in the track and called it Taylor's version. And so now she owns all of her new old songs <laughs> and i was like that's the smartest freaking thing to do that's brilliant i actually didn't know that yeah she's so they so she went to um do something with one of her songs and her her um management company that she was with told her she wasn't able to do it and they owned the what do you call them the masters oh, okay they owned all the masters and all the rights to her song. And she's like, well, these are mine. I wrote them. Like, how do you own them? And like, apparently it was in a, some sort of contract that was underwritten and it was a whole big mess. Yeah. So instead of suing them or, you know, whatever happened anyway, she ended up just doing a whole album um, of all of her songs, but changing one slight thing and calling them Taylor's. So whenever you see a song by Taylor Swift and it says in parentheses, Taylor's version that's her new version of her old song but now she owns it that's wild I just thought it was some sort of you know clever way to kind of bring back her old songs like a remix yeah yeah Yeah. funny I love that 
It's crazy. Yeah, it's funny, um, you know, doing these mashups, I'm kind of going back to, you know, downloading music and that yeah. era. Um, I got a little nervous about putting these out and getting popular because what if these artists don't approve of me mm. using their songs and blending them with other songs and putting them out and becoming really popular? But so far, I've received nothing but positive feedback from artists. Um, my first viral video, uh, Lance Bass, it was an NSYNC song, Lance Bass commented on it. Oh, he's this, so great with engagement, eh? He's really good with that, yeah. yes. So he commented, I had Hall & Oates comment on wow. their page, comment on one of my, one of their songs. Um, oh gosh, uh, in, uh, <laughs> Color Me Bad. The no way! Yeah, I was jacked with <laughs> that. He's, he, somebody tagged him in, in the transition I did, and then he commented back. He's like, this is, this is amazing. Love it. And, uh, who else? Oh, Lauren G shared. Wow. He followed me on TikTok. One of 11 people he follows. Amazing. Uh, Peppa shared one of my videos on Instagram. Stop. That's so cool. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm, I'm seeing like, okay, artists seem to be pretty cool with me having some fun with their music. Cause I think it's a, it's a good promotional tool for them too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, it speaks to, to the point about the downloads too, right? As long as their music is out there, they're relevant, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but that's a good point. I didn't ever think of that. Like maybe people would be not so inclined to have you mix their stuff. I don't know why, but that's a good, that's a good point that you bring up. And have you ever had any like less than positive feedback about any Thing that you've done or any mixes that you've done from from i guess artists specifically but never never from an artist yeah. uh, you know when the pandemic hit a lot of djs including myself would go live on facebook mm, and okay for about a month or so it was open rain like you could just mix and perform and not get shut down and then they started to crack down and you your video would get muted right away oh. And then Instagram would do the same on lives. So I was actually really shocked when I could post those mixes to Instagram stories. They mm. didn't get muted. And then I put them on reels and they weren't getting muted. And then TikTok, it was free reign. So I had in my head that maybe if I started to get popular, it might be some red flag warning that record labels might not want that. But I think TikTok is such a... Uh, <laughs> music-based yeah. platform that I don't know how it works on the back end, but I think they want guys like me creating these mashups and creating a viral hit that maybe people will start duetting or, you know, dancing to, and it's good for the platform. So. Yeah. Well, it originally was musically. Right? Yes. TikTok. So it was all about the, the music and the dance, right? Yeah. Now, now it's a whole Shit it's everything yeah. Stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I rarely scroll through tiktok honestly yeah um, you just post and go right just post and then do do lives yeah yeah your lives so your lives are great and i love watching your lives um i don't watch them while i'm cooking because i don't cook but i do watch them <laughs> <laughs> i do watch them throughout the day when i'm working yeah um, awesome and one thing that I love, and you see this in your Instagram posts too, is 
so usually when I watch a DJ and I've got a couple of friends that are DJs as well, uh, they, and, and not to nothing, you know, negative towards that, not, not blown smoke over your ass, but you have a vibe too about the way you present your music. Like most DJs that I've seen, um, will just do the music, do the manual thing, do the thing, and then just sit there and like, you know, do the, like the guy yeah. nod and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, the guy yeah. dance, you know, and then just yeah. do the crowd and then like do the one of the, yeah, yeah, I'll play that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it was, you know, very yeah. like, <laughs> like stationary, you know, you mm. get like right into it and you're like, you like flip the things and you like, you're smiling, <laughs> you're singing along. And it's like, it's such a positive, happy joy. It's so joyful to watch you do that. It's so much fun. Like I can, I can't even imagine how you are in person at like a party or a wedding or like, it yeah. must be like it, 10 times that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I just, I love what I do. And you know, what's funny is I wasn't always like that. TikTok, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, it kind of, kind of brought that out in me. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. I have fun while I mix. Absolutely. But I, I don't know. It's just. It's, I don't even know how to describe it, but yes, I really enjoy it. And I think that's part of the appeal that people want to see is mm. my face and my, I want to bring the energy out a little more by being into it and having fun with it. And um, so I just do. And do you feel that's like translated there... over into my shows, my live shows? Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, total sense. Do you feel I like used to be one like... of those DJs? It's like a, we just kind of like, are in our little bubble yeah 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 you like do the the concentrating so much so you're not really like but it's just such a part of you it's such a part of you that you get right into it do you feel like it's like almost your safe space yes yeah yep yep so i love that like i said i do a lot of weddings Mm -hmm. and when i started doing those early on i had to make announcements and do all these things and i wasn't much of a public speaker so I was very nervous doing this, these things that were out of my comfort zone, but then, it's, and I think people could sense that Podcast. And I've worked on that tons now. Now I'm very <laughs> comfortable and I've put a lot of work into becoming, overcoming my fear of public speaking. And that's a whole other story, but, um, but I would get, as soon as I was done with all those announcements, get into the mixing, then I was calm in my zone and I still feel that too. Um, mm. anytime I mix, it's just like, it's just my happy place, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like an automatic switch. Almost. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, I don't know if you find this. So mm, I, um, I don't like crowds. I pr- much prefer doing like a one-on-one like conversation with people or like, I don't, I'm not big on groups or crowds, but I, much more enjoy and feel very comfortable being on stage in front of thousands of people than I do in a room with two or three people in a meeting. It's such a contrast for me. Yeah. And I was wondering, is that the same for you? Because when you are at a wedding or doing a gig or something, you're in front of so many people, but do you feel like you're in like that you're almost alone, like in your own Cause I feel yeah, like I, that on stage. 
Yeah. You mean when I'm DJing or just yeah. like making announcements and stuff? Like so, DJing. Oh yeah. When I'm DJing, yeah. it's, it, I don't care how many people like, yeah, I'm just in yeah. my zone and it's, yeah. it's comfortable, but I'm the same way too. When it's, I don't like small talk with groups of people. That's very yeah. like, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But one-on-one I'm good because we, we yeah. can talk deeper about things and yeah and it's just more comfortable but then and yeah. put me in front of yeah a thousand people let's rock let's go yeah i love that yeah i love that i love that so i wanted to touch on uh a little bit if we can the marketing you men- mentioned marketing your experience with it your love of it can yeah. you dive into that a little bit and share maybe some key points or things that have worked for you or just talk about it in general yeah um so I knew when I started my business, I had to be, I wanted to promote myself and Instagram was the hot, new hot thing when I started mm-hmm. DJing, uh, not DJing, but started my business. So that and website. So I was always really into how can I promote myself in a way that's kind of authentic and not, um, I don't know, phony or over the top or boring. So I've really mm-hmm. focused on writing creative blog posts and doing video, you know, descriptions of events that I'm doing or how I mix. And uh, so that's always been something that's been ongoing. And I think it's helped me in the TikTok realm Mm -hmm. because I've cultivated a little bit of that experience. And I also, I study it too. So um, it's important not only to put out the good content, but to connect with your crowd and to nurture you know, comment on other people's posts and give back to them, give them compliments and uh, respond to people who comment on your posts and just be really interactive and engaging. And I kind of had to force myself to do it at first, but now I realize that it's, it's sort of natural now. And it's, um, it feels good to be able to, to do that and communicate with my audience and other people's audience. And, um, yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why I've been able to grow fast. I mean, granted, I had a couple of viral videos. I think that helped a ton, but mm-hmm. um, even before then it was, I was trying to build a c- community and a culture mm-hmm. around what I was doing um, on TikTok. And I could easily just post videos and then not show up. And I know a lot of people that do that and they have videos go big, but they're not really growing as fast as they could be. And I think it's because they're not having these conversations with the, the people. And, yeah. um, and I try to do that with my lives. And I think it's really important to just connect with people on a personal level and be yourself and not mm-hmm. kind of put up a wall between mm-hmm. you and them. Yeah, you bring up a good point. And that's one thing that's really important to me, especially in, when I started the show and, and I've met some really great people along the way. And a lot of them have become friends. And it's and I say this all the time, it's nothing new, but it's it's about that relationship. And I mm-hmm. love the engagement. And um, I think you're it's so you're bang on when you say you got to connect with people. Um, <clears throat> and, I, I, and we often a lot of us talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, about the phenomena of growing on Instagram and TikTok and you know everyone has a different take on it everyone has different advice everyone you know we're always asking do is there anything to hashtags or times of day that you post or like you mentioned you study it but is there do you find that there's a a glitch to that kind of stuff or just post and 
see what happens. I think if you're trying to reach a certain group of people, so for example, if I want brides to be searching, if, if I know they're searching hashtags in my area for Boise weddings, I'm going to use that hashtag because I want, I want, I want to pop up there. But if you're going for, like I've experimented with hashtags in some of my best videos and posts on Instagram and TikTok don't have any hashtags. Yeah, that's so funny. Eh? That's so so funny. like, I don't think, <laughs> you know, I sort of think like, I don't think they even matter. And then yeah. um, posting on the time of day, I still try to be strategic about that. And I have a little, I saved a website that tells you the best times to post on TikTok. And I try right. to follow that for the most part. But at the same time, a handful of my viral videos were on way off days. Like one of my, mm. my second best viral video was posted on a Monday at like 1 PM, which is probably one of the worst times you could post. Yeah. <laughs> Yet it went viral because it was good. Yeah. 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 And so that. I want to say, I still try to follow the guidelines of when to post and for the most part, hashtags are important, but, um, you just don't know. <laughs> I, I will say that I have noticed that it, if I post a video on a half hour on a half hour mark, like at like a one thirty or a two thirty, whatever the half hour is on that hour, uh, yeah. it doesn't do as well. It takes, it takes time to come up. So I would say don't post on a half hour. Interesting. Um, That's good. Yeah. And I've noticed that for, a, for a little bit now. Um, but if you post on like sometimes early in like at six o'clock or seven o'clock in the morning or, you know, on, on an hour or sometimes 10 at night, um, like on a Thursday or Saturday, those tend to catch people's attention sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. you know, I, I mean, I mean, Sunday mornings are good too. Okay. Okay. It's early it's Sunday. Morning. Yeah. I like posting reels at like 11 AM my time on Instagram. Yeah. And so, okay. So it's six o'clock here now. What's your time? Cause you're in uh, we're, I think I'm too behind you. So yeah, it's four o'clock. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, like, I, I don't know if any of us really know what we're doing. It's just, you know, it, sometimes it's kind of just like the luck of the draw too. Um, you yeah. know, I've had a few viral videos, um, which have been phenomenal. And I, for the life of me, I can't figure out like what I did different, but yeah, like what it's so it's bizarre. And then you try to replicate it by using the same hashtags or the same time or whatever. And then you get like 17 views. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> <Totally. What? laughs> I know some of my favorite videos. I'm like, this thing is going to hit. People are going <laughs> to love it. And nothing. I'm like, why? I'll spend all afternoon on something good. And, and then yeah. it's the random one that I'm like, this is, I, I've had some go viral that I almost didn't post. I'm like, eh. Wow. All right. I it's you know, I put I made it a few days ago. I should probably just post it because I don't have any content for today. And then it goes big, like head scratcher. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the thing that gets me too is the reels on Instagram. I cannot figure that one out. Oh my gosh. I have ones that are yeah. like 50 views and then ones that are like three thousand and a thousand and like a hundred. Like there's no consistency <laughs> to it. It doesn't make any sense. I, don't I know. know. It's crazy. It's crazy. What do you but think? Either, I was going to say, but either way, um, still a good marketing tool. Social it's media. Yeah, for sure. Huge. For yeah. Sure. Even if you aren't getting a ton of views, like it's still good to be out there. Yeah. So beyond the social media aspect of it, what, 
would you think specific to DJing and music would be um, a great marketing strategy or tool to promote yourself, say for someone just getting, someone who's listening to this episode right now, just getting into the field? What are some like top tips? Outside of social media? Yeah. Building relationships is the number one key yeah. to, to growing, even I think beyond social media. Um, one of the reasons I've been able to build my, my brand in my area, like I'm really popular in my area. And like, uh, it's because from 2011, I've been introducing myself to photographers and venue coordinators and everybody, other DJs, and just building relationships, being mm. likable, um, being as, accommodating, as accommodating. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm pretty likable. <laughs> no, but just, you know, just being and not yeah. making it about me, but making it about them mm-hmm. um, the best that I can. And that just comes back to you. Mm-hmm. Not trying to be too strategic about it, but, you know, on certain, like one year I sent out Valentine's Day cards. Everybody sends Christmas cards. Oh, so that's I, nice. I sent out Valentine's cards to a lot of my favorite vendors that I work with and said, hey, just want to send you a little love. We had an amazing wedding season last year. Can't wait to do it again. And just something easy. Love that. Um, yeah. But talking to everybody that I'm working with at each event is huge. Introducing myself, you know, just those things. Um, what else? Website, I still think is important. Uh, okay. People still do Google searches. So right. if a website is important to you, whatever you're doing, um, investing in that and creating content that was a huge thing for me to build my brand in the beginning was SEO and Mm. being on top of uh, all of that. Mm -hmm. And what else? I don't know. Social media has just been so big for me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a huge component for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. What's sort of your, so what's your game plan when you go into an event? Like, so someone hires you for a graduation or a wedding or, uh, a divorce party. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> like, you can say that. <laughs> I'm waiting to get. I'm waiting to get booked for one. <laughs> What's sort of your how? How do you navigate that? Does a client just give you a list of what they want? Or like, I know everyone's different, but what's your? How do you approach that? Yeah. Um, for the most part, it's a deep dive conversation. Well, we talk a little bit about it in a consultation to see if they're going to hire me, mm-hmm. see if we're a good fit. I'll, we'll talk about music, but there's a deep dive creative planning meeting that we have and we talk about music. I, I want to learn what kind of music do they listen to when they're driving in their car? What kind of music did they listen to growing up? When did they graduate high school? When were they in junior high? Mm-hmm. Like, um, what what do they ever go out and dance? Like, I just want to learn and then learn about their guests how old they are, just all of these things. So I can really create this idea of generally demographics. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then, then I have a, like this portal that Mm -hmm. they get to access and create playlists. Um, you know, some must play songs that they have to hear. And then a good, I love a good general playlist of just music. We love requests from the guests, but I don't have to play them, but I can play them. Right. Um, that, That helps me be able to read the crowd and then pick and choose songs. So I do love tons of requests for them. I also love a do not playlist. So, Oh, that's a, such a good idea. Oh, it's, 
it helps a ton. Sometimes that's more mm -hmm. important than the actual must playlist because mm -hmm. it will create, you know, if I don't want to play, you know, somebody requested for this week, uh, two weekends from now, they do not want journey. Don't stop <laughs> believing. I don't know why yet. I didn't ask them why, but, uh, you know, that's, I don't know if I generally play it anymore, but it could be one. I Pretty good song. Yeah. But I want, yeah. And I want to, but I want to know if somebody doesn't want to hear that because I don't want to yeah. create a bad memory or, right. but sometimes it'll, it'll generally give me an idea of what they don't like. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's another good point you bring up too, because you're, you're creating a memory for people with, mm -hmm. with your music as well. And, 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 and people will always remember when they hear that song where they were and how they felt. And, and that's a really good, good point too. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially let's say it's a wedding. Mm. I don't, you know, unless this is their first time ever meeting somebody and dating, they probably have some songs that remind them of ex boyfriends and girlfriends. Right. Awkward. <laughs> yeah, awkward. Yeah. So I don't want to, you know, I want to make sure those aren't played. <laughs> but something really amazing happened the other day and this had nothing to do with the request. I just, um, I don't know. This story just popped in my head. It was really special, but I was at doing a wedding. It was dinner hour and I was playing background music and I try to be strategic about the music I play for dinner because I think that music's important. Yeah. I don't know if everybody does that, but they should DJs. Um, but I played, uh, Oh gosh, here I go again, forgetting what song it was, but it was a classic 60s singer-songwriter song. And, oh, I'm so bummed I can't think of it right now. Anyway, I played it and this older lady comes up, she's probably in her 60s. And she said, were you, was this song requested by anybody? And at first I thought I was in trouble. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, am I not supposed to play this? Yeah. But, she, but then she started, she smiled and said, our grandfather over here, uh, that was his and his wife's favorite song. They would dance to it all the time. And they oh. danced to it a little bit before she died a couple months ago. Oh. And so she, I don't know if she was the daughter or, you know, a niece or something, but she, mm. she said, I want to thank you for playing that. And I only played it because I wanted to play good songs that fit the vibe they gave me. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I tried to be strategic about the songs I picked and she grabbed him. Nobody was dancing. It's dinner, but she grabbed him and they danced to the entire song and the smile on his face. He's very elderly, but the yeah. smile on his face just lit up. And uh, I don't oh. know. I got teary eyed. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's really a sweet moment, but that I felt good knowing that I really tried to make an impact through which some people think dinner music's throwaway, throwaway music. Mm. But in that moment, it wasn't a throw. That was not a throwaway song. That was a, a great song that had a huge impact uh, on someone's memory. I you love know? that. And I, I like to think um, there's a bigger sort of power at play there sometimes I, when we I have those moments. Thing. Yeah, I the same thing. it felt kind of divine, if you will. <laughs> yeah, I find that at certain points in my life as well, I, I will often hear a specific song and it reminds me of someone very special. And so I, I can absolutely resonate with that story. Yeah. 
such a special yeah. moment and such so lovely for you to be a part of that it, it really was yeah uh, and i wasn't running around or doing it i just got to sit there and kind of watch it mm, happen take it all just in. really soak it up soak it up yeah it was it was pretty beautiful honestly i love that so are you the only musical person per se in your family or do you does your wife love music as much as you or your do you have brothers and sisters or your family do you or are you like the top gun of the <laughs> <laughs> i guess you'd say of the top gun but yeah. My mom, my mom grew up singing. She still does, sings and plays, played the flute. And, um, but outside of that, not really. Uh, my wife likes music, but she's not into it like I am, not even yeah. close. And then, but my kids love music. I have two kids, seven and 10. And oh, those are great they, ages. Oh, they're so good right now. And yeah. my daughter, <laughs> my oldest, my daughter who's 10 plays guitar. And my son, who is seven, plays piano. And they're both interested in DJing. They love what I do and Aww. want to learn. And so I've been teaching them a little bit um, outside of all the other extracurricular activities. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's been, it's, it's pretty cool to see that. That's amazing. Now, let's step away from music for half a second. Do you yeah. have any other hobbies or things that you enjoy doing or it just strictly music no um yeah i love um i love fitness and taking care of myself so i'm kind of a workout junkie if you will uh i don't want to say junkie that's a bad way to say it but i just am very Fanatic. committed to exercising and lifting <laughs> weights and so doing all these things um I love traveling, like, and I I love getting out of town. So we'll take our kids camping in the beautiful Sawtooth Mountains in Idaho, and oh, so nice. just get away from everything. Um, go to the Oregon coast. So we we like to travel a little bit. Um, I'm a crazy Seattle Seahawks fan. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I don't watch sports a whole lot, but that's like my one. Yeah, I love I love football. That's awesome. Have you ever DJed in other countries or? Not yet. Okay, so that's going to be happening on, though. So hopefully. yes, it's going to be on your goal <laughs> list for for this year, next year. It is, yeah, for that's sure. Great, that's amazing. Well, where can people find you on? Uh, I mean, shout yourself out, promote the heck out of yourself. This is your time. Where can people find you on all your socials? Tell us where. Yeah, so TikTok and Instagram are my big ones. Um, at DJ Eric Rhodes. R-H-O-D-E-S, Eric with a C. You can also find me if you want to listen to my mixes and to work out to or, or whatever. Um, that's Mixcloud. It's a free app that you can download and listen to mixes for free. I have time. I have 90s, 80s, 70s, like high energy stuff. Um, what else? I have a Patreon. If so, if you go to my TikTok and you like my videos and my little mashups, I create longer versions of those and put those nice. on Patreon so you can support me there too. Uh, awesome. Do you have DJ a website? Eric. I have a website, roadsentertainment.com. That's my kind of my weddings and event website. Okay. And if people want to book you, if they're in your area, how do they get a hold of you? What's the best way? Same website. Website. But if you're on it, so I've been. So don't show up to your house. Do not show up to my okay. house. Okay. And don't text, don't text me at like five in the morning. I get okay. that. I have to remove, I, now that I've kind of gone big, I have to remove my 
phone number from everything. Right. Now. I'm getting <laughs> random texts. I random can imagine. It's not fun, but, <laughs> uh, but if you go any, any, so I've been pretty smart about this. I think any uh, place that you go, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, Mixcloud, I have my link tree at the top, okay. which takes you to my whole list of places where I'm at and how you can contact me. Perfect. So. I love that. I have really enjoyed speaking with you today, Eric. Thank you so much for co-hosting with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it too. Yeah, this has been really, really great. And so everyone watching, make sure you replay and go follow Eric on Instagram, TikTok. Check out his website. Check out his music. Are you on Spotify at all too? Not, I mean, I am, but not really. I don't have an okay. organized, yeah. Life, life is great on Spotify, just got to say. I do, well, I use Spotify and have for years, but I don't have like fun <laughs> themed mixes or anything. So, well, just, you know, think about it. I'll work on it. I'll work on it. Spotify is my best, best friend right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. You're rocking it over there. I want to thank you so much again. I know your time is valuable. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And thank you, everyone, for listening, for watching. Don't forget to like, comment, share, follow. We are on Instagram at Wake Up With Jenny and Friends, posting every Monday. And I hope you have an amazing week. And we'll see you again on Monday. Thanks, everyone. Bye.